1: Satan I invoke thee
2: Did we the learn? terrible
1: and invisible God <laughs> who dwellest in the void place of the spirit show thyself, Lord Satan.
2: <laughs> oh man. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Corey. <laughs>
1: I'm Natalie. I'm Jen.
2: I'm Jiddy. <laughs> and we are the art history babes. <laughs> oh my god,
3: we really needed someone to be like, I'm Satan. And I'm
2: Satan. <laughs> and I'm Satan. <laughs> oh,
1: Satan. <laughs> We have a very special guest with us today. <laughs> <laughs> the devil. Oh,
0: the Dark Lord himself. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my Very goodness. happy to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, it's we're doing spooky season content. We're doing all sorts of spooky season content. And today's topic... Is the really, you know, the lord of the spook. Like the, it's like lord of the dance. But
2: (laughs) oh, yeah. (laughs) Michael Flatley. Got Jitty's attention.
3: Ooh, that could have been a good Halloween costume.
2: (gasps) Oh, lord of the dance. My friend did that in college. It was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, today
0: we're talking, we're talking about the devil or the dev as. As Ginny so fondly nicknamed him. Yeah,
2: yeah. I like to ab- abbreviate names. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, the I dev. Am, I am Gin, and the devil is the dev. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Hello, yeah, B. I I like to be Hallow B- thy <laughs> name. Thy name.
1: <laughs> I like to be on, on a close, you know, nickname basis with the Dark Lord mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because that way, you know, you can just drop off formalities and just really get down to the nitty gritty. Sure, sure, sure. Um, And that's what we're going to do today. Mm -hmm.
2: There's so much to unpack. Oh,
1: Lord. Oh, Satan. (laughs) Oh, Dark Lord.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Yeah, I mean, we can start at the beginning if there is a beginning. beginning to Satan. On the first day, the dev. The, um, the,
0: God made the heavens and the earth, and then isn't that the, isn't that the beginning?
1: That, like, that's uh, I, Genesis, right? Yeah. Hey,
0: <laughs> no, Satan comes
1: later. He, yeah, yeah, he's a uh, and that's interesting. We're gonna talk about that. He's we're gonna talk about the invention, yeah, of mm-hmm. yes. Satan,
2: and and just like disclaimer, I'm no theologian. No, Uh, no, no. I'm going to talk about some origins in the Bible. And I wasn't raised Catholic or Christian or anything. So I wasn't raised to believe in the devil. So like when I'm talking about it, it's gonna sound like light and trivial. That's not to make light for people for whom...
3: (laughs) i don't Satanist think they're listening
2: anymore jen yeah. I think
3: all those people left you they so? yeah. okay. you know if they even tried when jen started the day, evoking satan yeah, they turned so it off right. real
2: quick like no 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 left. no you're no right. no okay <laughs> i was trying to be all like no no yeah, no. no that's hey, good thought know that's you, really
1: good that you do that because you
2: believe in the devil you know what i believe in is the power of the fucking human mind and maybe that's real for you <laughs>
0: Just like kind of turned into like Matthew McConaughey. A little. There's a I little
2: bit of Matthew in he you. Believes in the devil. Uh, uh, why? I believe in the I devil. Don't know. I just feel like he. I don't
1: think he believes in the devil. I believe in the devil. The devil is cool. <laughs> <laughs> Imagery of the devil. Um, yeah. As far as a real devil that is in my uh, ear telling me to do things, that's just me, baby. that's just just my shadow self (laughs) telling myself to do bad things taking full Um, credit so that's my own personal devil um sure sure sure, so but with that nice disclaimer um we let's get into it (laughs) let's Let's get into
2: the history of the devil devil.
0: yeah i mean ultimately yeah like we're talking about about this from an academic perspective the same way you'd learn about the devil if you took a like old testament yes. course or like mm-hmm. you know you learn about it academically not as a person of faith so that's what yes. we're doing here thank
2: you you said that so well <laughs> i was trying and then i just got the the sentiment was lovely thank you thank you yeah <laughs> all right so Satan first appeared in the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, but he is not an evil figure in the Old Testament, rather in the book of Job. God, what a good name. Job. 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 Woo. Satan is an angel who just argues with God about whether Job is faithful or not. So like the phrase devil's advocate, that's basically what that means. So it's it's not... An evil figure, it's just a figure that is arguing f- kind of for the sake of having a counter-argument, for mm-hmm. like, having a, a debate. So Satan in Hebrew, or Satan, I believe is how it's pronounced in Hebrew, um, Oh wow, means the opposer. So the opposer is still God's dude, though. He's just pointing out the ways in which humankind can betray God. Mm. And the snake that tempts Eve in the Garden of Eden is commonly thought of as Satan, but a lot of biblical scholars actually think Genesis predates the idea slash character of the devil. But then once we move on towards the New Testament, which was written around like 2000-ish years ago, Satan becomes evil, and he's viewed as a corrupter of those who are once faithful to God. And I got a lot of this info from the this American Life episode which was their 666th episode. Nice. So, someone's doing their job. Someone's getting it. So in this episode they had a theologian on that talked about how there were apparently a faction of Jews who were working with the Romans and Satan became like viewed as that was the reason why they were doing it. There was no other kind of logical excuse why some jewish people would be working with the romans who just fucked up so many things mm-hmm. um in jerusalem and el- elsewhere so they were like oh it's it must be satan he's the one who's going in and corrupting them and this is why they're working with the evil romans And then Lucifer becomes connected to the devil. And Lucifer is an angel whose name translates to bearer of light that fell from heaven. And in the book of Luke, Jesus says, quote, I saw Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. So there we go. That's the connection Mm -hmm. of where Satan and Lucifer merge. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Because Lucifer in and of himself, it's like bearer of light. He sounds, you know, very lovely. And and he was the most beautiful
1: of all of the angels. He was God's
2: favorite. Yes. And of course, there's influence of older pagan deities. And Jen's going to talk about more of these, I know. But a couple quick ones that I thought were fun. The... Lily Two from ancient Babylon, who were winged female demons who would seduce men and attack pregnant women. Oh, of course. Of
1: Give course. me a break.
2: What are those called? <laughs> Lily Two. Lily Two. And later connects with Lilith, uh, Adam's first wife. Uh, there we yes, go. Considered uh, yes. an evil slutty bitch. Right, because he couldn't control her. Yep. Mm-hmm. She didn't want
1: to have missionary sex. <laughs> That's really, no, really. Yeah. No, Lilith she, is queen. Like Lilith li- was like, I want to get on top, dude. I'm trying to get off. And <laughs> he was like, oh, no. And um, she was like destroyed or cast out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, yeah. she didn't
0: want to be subservient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yep. Damn. Yep. Yep. Another pagan deity that connects pretty strongly with the devil is Beelzebub, Mm. who is Lord of the Flies, a Canaanite deity who the Hebrews called a false idol. And then skipping like way forward just briefly, like because in how the devil transformed in terms of how we visualize him, I think a lot of that is owed to the Middle Ages and medieval artists and how they conceived of the devil and how they began depicting the devil in art. And so the Middle Ages saw an upswing in, an upswing is a weird way of describing that, but (laughs) (laughs) it's like an upswing of the devil. Um, (laughs) But in the Middle Ages, that's when you see really the devil being portrayed as an active evil enemy of God Mm -hmm. as opposed to an adversary. Mm -hmm. So during the Middle Ages, you have these just... Incredibly destructive plagues that sweep like wildfire throughout different parts of Europe, famine, witch hunts start getting popular, obviously, mm-hmm. and all of this was blamed in large part on the devil because there needed to be some kind of explanation for these horrendous occasions and events. And so it was like, okay, it's because we're sinners and we aren't f- truly faithful followers of God, but it's also because of the devil, because the devil's going out and he's placing plagues and he's, you know, going to women and having them sign his book and do his evil biddings. And what is so interesting, too, is that it was believed by the church that the devil sought women out in particular as partners who were also known as witches, who would then go out and kind of expand his evil reach. So it wasn't just the devil going around and doing evil stuff on his own. He was finding, he was recruiting people, mostly women, because they're Because we're bad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, like... I just keep thinking of throughout because we just had our conversation on witches and then now we're having this conversation on the devil and the way that relationship is often portrayed throughout history. And I keep being reminded of like like kind of the dynamic of like cults. Like the yeah. devil is the cult leader. Yes. And then the witches are like the followers. Right. Like I feel like there's I don't know, there's something there between yeah. that it, like and like the way that dynamic is presented.
2: Totally. And the devil gets to a point where it has so many followers that the devil doesn't even have to do that much. Yeah. Anymore. So yeah. it's like, you know, Charles Manson didn't actually fucking kill anyone. Exactly. But he had enough followers mm-hmm. that they went out and did that shit for him.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally.
2: So this shift with how the devil becomes a really active evil force in the world that people had to be on guard of meant that it wasn't just the devil trying to find you and do bad things. People could seek the devil out. And that was incredibly scary for people. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, I need to worry about the devil, you know, coming for me. But it's like, oh, I need to worry about my neighbor. Like she signed the book with the devil and she's going to make my cow die <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of. And it just feeds, feeds mass hysteria, truly. And it was viewed that that's what the devil wanted. Yeah. The uh,
0: fun colloquial term for that is satanic panic. Yes. There's been many satanic oh, pa- panics over There's history, s- most recently in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Not that long ago. Yeah. The 1980s. <laughs> like, in the United States.
1: Huge satanic Do you panic. Think
3: we'll see another one in our
1: lifetime? Yes. yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Um, yeah. For those of you interested, look up the story of the West Memphis Three. Ah, oh, yes. And just to be real upset. About what mass hysteria can, can do and how it can ruin people's lives. It's Fair. it's rough. Yeah.
0: But yeah, it, this is definitely similar to how uh, the flat earth phenomenon mm-hmm. just re emerges over and over again. Mm-hmm. Satanic panic is very similar. Yes. It just collectively, it's yeah, it's yeah. very cyclical and it collectively re emerges. And
1: yep. usually these periods happen after a period a very left-leaning kind of liberalism there's usually a harsh conservative backswing mm-hmm. and which many could argue that we're in that right now in 2019 uh with uh, our entire conservative sort of shit show going on <laughs> in government uh right. for lack of a better word <laughs> yeah
0: right yeah, no, it, um, I mean, these things, they definitely, they just arise at times of uncertainty. They yes. arise when tensions are high. Right. And yeah, exactly, there tends to be like, yeah, like a liberal push or a progressive push, I'll say, as opposed to liberal, like a progressive push, and then there's a conservative pullback, and mm-hmm. in the in this push and pull, yeah, we have people challenging whether or not the Earth is, you know, actually round, or uh, trying to blame everything um, bad that happens on Satanists, yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, it's it's an interesting collective reaction, mm-hmm. for sure. There's mm-hmm. a, a fantastic Stuff You Should Know episode on the Satanic yeah. Panic of the 1980s. Mm-hmm. You should all check that out, too. That's it's so really good. really good.
1: Yeah. So we have our history of where the devil comes from um, how he has appeared in these scriptures as far as how he looks I feel like that is a Mm -hmm.
2: topsy-turvy
1: story so
2: much variation
1: yeah so um, I think that for many of us who grew up In Western society, we grew up thinking that the devil was this little red naked imp with little horns and a pointy Mm. beard and mustache and maybe pitchfork. Yeah, pitchfork. Uh, with the little pointed tail, maybe some cloven hooves. I was a devil for Halloween one year. Oh, little
0: cute little blonde devil. That's <laughs> cute.
1: <laughs> I, I would half love to see a see actual, picture half of devil. that. Do you guys uh, remember
0: uh, that costume? Dual nature, baby. Wow,
1: duality. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I've always just I I didn't grow up religious really. My parents sort of made me go through the motions of getting the. Um, my my confirmation, that, yeah. well, for the first communion and then the confirmation and all that jazz, and so I did a lot of the Catholic stuff, but I never felt I always kind of understood it as like, well, this is just something that you do, and I just have to memorize these prayers, but I never really felt any real fear of the devil. But my my partner grew up extremely religious. And uh, is no longer. And we've talked a lot about how the devil figured into his upbringing. And um, so when he was a kid, he found it very hard to feel so afraid of this ridiculous looking character of what we associate with the devil. And he had a very good story about why his youth pastor, his youth pastor explained (coughs) why the devil Looked so ridiculous, and so he said that the youth pastor told him that the devil's represented as this silly, cartoonish character because this is an attempt to fool you into thinking that the devil is this cute little, Hmm. um funny character that's just silly and kind of harmless because then you get used to the devil and Hmm. then Mm -hmm. you're more susceptible to the devil's influence because you think that he's just this funny harmless cartoon character but actually he is just grooming you into accepting his image and therefore you are more open to being influenced by Uh, his true evil nature. Mm. Um, So needless to say, my partner has a lot of trauma um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, relating to being raised in this way. But that was just such an interesting kind of story. And it got me thinking about how have we represented the devil over time? And just right off the bat, I need to give credit to, I think, my art historian crush. A lovely man by the name of (laughs) alistair souk who is adorable and he is in a documentary called how the devil got his horns a diabolical tale and it's a bbc documentary and it's pretty interesting i urge you all to watch it It is just super fascinating. But it traces this history of the devil as we know him in religious imagery and iconography and trying to find the roots of how we came to associate the devil with this look of the horns, the uh, maybe red skin, or Mm -hmm. overall just a horrifying appearance. And one of the most interesting aspects of this documentary is when he goes way 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 back and brings in pagan imagery and iconography so i think that many of us are familiar with the greek god pan who was a satyr i watched pan's labyrinth on the plane on the way here. Oh
0: my god! It's so fucking good. I, I haven't watched it in years. It's freaky
1: deeky. It's so. It's <laughs> such
0: a fucking good film.
1: I was like. Really oh my god! When I first watched it. Oh my god! And I was scared. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's terrifying. It's a terrifying film. This was back when I used to like scrape my grinder for like. Oh yeah, yeah. You know the resin. The, oh yeah. The, the Those teeth, were the days. Yeah. <laughs> where you just put pure THC crystals on your bowl because the. Wasn't already crazy enough. Yeah. I, yeah. If I do that now, I will die. Yeah, yeah. But at the or time, I'll at least convince myself. That or I at have least, <laughs> yeah. I have to go to the hospital because I'll have a nervous breakdown. Yeah, exactly. But at the time, I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to get yeah, yeah. fucking lit. And, <laughs> and then I watched Fans yeah. that and I was so
0: scared. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a heavy movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, cra- oh, crazy heavy movie. But Guillermo killed it with that one. Oh, fucking God. what a beautiful movie
1: amazing yeah. anyway watch pan's labyrinth if yeah have seen it everyone get <laughs> <watch> it. <laughs> get on that Jesus. pause this and go watch <laughs> pan's labyrinth and <laughs> come back seen it, and then come back so pan is a satyr a satyr is a creature from greek and overall just pagan Um, mythology these are animals that are hybrids usually with the upper torso and head of a man but maybe with some horns usually they have beards and they have the lower bodies of a goat Um, so um, they represent unbridled sexuality Mm -hmm. Um, satyrs are usually associated with Dionysus or Bacchus they are a common figure in Bacchanalian imagery, if you haven't listened to our Bacchanalia episode, go listen to that after this because it's real fun. Shouts out to one of the earliest
0: episodes oh, of man. the Art History Babes. That was like first ten episodes. Yeah, like I that. was
1: um, very drunk.
0: Yeah, in that, that was a goofy
1: one. So go back and listen to that. So the satyrs are associated with this unbridled sexuality. They're hybrid animals, half man, half monster. And these kinds of monsters are typically associated with the more base human desires. And satyrs are commonly seen chasing after nymphs, little forest sort of sexy ladies that are (laughs) just their objects of of affection or lust. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we have already an influence there with greek mystery religion sort of iconography and then also interestingly enough there are egyptian Mm -hmm. references that were brought into the early development of the image of the devil. So one particular Egyptian deity named Bez, B-E-S or B-E-Z, I've seen it spelled, um, but B-E-S is more common. Bez is this squat, little stocky sort of dwarf Mm -hmm. um, with a, a sort of a leering grotesque Mm -hmm. expression on his face, um, usually bearded with a thick tongue that's usually sticking out and a tail dangling suggestively between the legs, which, like, come on. Um, (laughs) We all know what they're doing. We know, it's the penis. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We still laugh when we say penis. (laughs) Um, So the Egyptian deity Bez was sort of associated with the good life. He was associated with drinking and sex and music and merriment. Um he also was a protective deity and would often be invoked during childbirth. Yeah. Um so he was yeah. you know, he was a cool guy. He like was, you wanted he was a party to party with him, but he yeah. also would take care of you. Yeah. That's, I mean Have that's we, all you want. Really. That's
2: all I want. <laughs> Have
3: we talked about Bez on the podcast before? I don't, I don't know. I don't Maybe. I don't know. I'm having like (coughs) deja vu right now where I feel like I've
1: heard Jen describe Bez before. Maybe. Maybe I just talk about Bez all the time. (laughs) But Bez was a a pretty cool guy. He warded off noxious spirits, sort of like a gargoyle on a medieval church. I love gargoyles.
0: Right? Remember Um, that show? Gargoyles. Oh, yeah. On Disney. It was on Disney, right? I was into that show. Me too. It was Mm -hmm. a
1: weird, formative... Uh, sort of show for me. Yeah. So went on to influence some stuff. Uh, we'll just leave that right there. Add that. <laughs> what uh, Mr. Sook points out in this documentary is that Mr. a lot... Sook. I love him. I know you do. Can we do. just do a whole episode on Alistair Sook?
2: If we can then do one for me and Dr. James Fox. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Totally. We're going to do an art history babes, babes, babes. series. Yeah. <laughs> babes uh, of the art history yes. babes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> old, old Ali Souk <laughs> is my choice. Um, anyway, what he points out is that in some of the most early Christian iconography, Egyptian iconography plays a huge role in... How Christians shaped their their major figures of the Bible, so yeah, images yeah. of Isis with um Horus would come to influence images of the Madonna and mm-hmm. child, mm-hmm. Um, which is fascinating essentially, what we see happen is that um, this image of Bez starts to be co-opted into Christian. Iconography. And so one of the earliest representations of a Christian devil dates back to the 13th century in the Cathedral of Santa Maria Assunta where there is a mosaic that shows us this blue devil with this crazy white hair and this beard and um, he's strangely holding a a little man um, which we're not quite sure (laughs) who that is that might be Lucifer um, who has sometimes been referred to as the little master uh, which is really cute (laughs) Um, and so we're not quite sure if the devil is this big blue ogre or if it's this tiny man, man but we see these two archangels with staffs that are poking and prodding these people who represent heads of state uh different leaders um throughout the world we see nuns we see monks and kings and queens very
2: interesting to see the people that are being burned in hellfire you know what that depiction that blue guy reminds me of too it's it reminds me of hades oh yeah yeah so what i was gonna say is like i don't know if anyone has any
0: knowledge on this, but where did the idea of the blue devil come from? I will get to that. Okay, awesome. Because yeah. that's like a typical like high school mascot, like yes. the blue uh, devil. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I will get to that. Um, Jen, awesome. what year was that from? So this one, I just have it uh, down as 13th century. Okay. But then another one from the 13th century is In the Baptistry of Florence by Copo di Marcovaldo. And this is another mosaic, and it depicts another devil, and he is shown with these kind of monsters coming out of his ears. He's got horns. He's also blue. And there's a man with a sumptuous ass being eaten, and you just see his like little butt hanging out. It's really cute. <laughs> um, and it's, it's overall pretty horrifying. So here we now see the devil as a terrifying figure. And... Uh, bringing swift justice to the damned and they're being burned and tortured in all manner of ways so when you brought up the blue devil one of the earliest representations of who we think to be the devil is in the basilica of san apollinare Nuovo in ravenna italy where Near the top of one of these entablatures, you see Christ in in his imperial purple robes Mm -hmm. that used to be very indicative of uh, uh, royalty. So he's Mm -hmm. the king of heaven. Makes sense. And to his right is a red angel. And the red angel has a flock of sheep in front of him. And then to his left is a blue angel. And the blue angel has a herd of goats Mm -hmm. in front of him. And so this has been interpreted as Christ during the moment of judgment where he's determining who are the sheep um, the followers of of christ and who are the damned or the goats and the goats are representative of the sinners interesting and, and so in this uh, sixth century mosaic um, the blue angel is associated with the darkness so blue was associated with darkness with evil it was the color of evil um, which nowadays we think of red as being mm-hmm. the devil, um, mm-hmm. but it used to be blue. And so that is sort of the beginnings of this blue devil that becomes the color of the devil in these later mosaics. And then going way, way forward to thirteen oh three, we have an amazing fresco by Giotto. Good old Joe. Oh, he's so great. <laughs> Jotes. And Giotto gives us one of the most like horrifying images <laughs> of the devil. And it's this big blue ogre. Yeah. Um, he's gargantuan. He's shown eating the damned and also excreting them out of his bum bum. Just shitting them out. So he's eating them and shitting them out. This is such
0: a trippy, isn't it? Trippy work. Like, I. it's very, like, boshy. Like, yes. it's oh, very Hieronymus yes. boshy. Like, I, yeah, I'm very, I'm very into this.
1: And for those of you listening, uh, when you look at the images here, I urge you to find some details of this particular panel in the uh, mural cycle. It's called The Devil in the Damned in Hell by Giotto. <laughs> And it, it's just wild. There's, I can't
0: believe this is from 1303, right? It's mm.
1: amazing. That's yeah. wild. Giotto was the best. He started making art like really, Giotto was the like, best. He's really credited yeah. as like bringing the world into like three dimensional space, yeah, like, from this mm. sort of to yeah, his figures from and this and, sort like, of two dimensional world that we see in these earlier m- mosaics and other medieval works. So the devil starts to become solidified more and more as this horned, scary entity that lords in hell and is sort of just the orchestrator of torture and chaos and is going to just torment you for the rest of eternity while you burn in hell. Um, So the figure of the old kindly Bez who just wanted a party really gets conflated with satyrs, gets conflated with just other manifestations of pagan iconography into this devil, which makes a lot of sense because the Christians are Mm -hmm. coming into their own as a powerful ruling body at this point.
2: Totally. And especially like early Christians when they were still somewhat of a minority religiously like it, it's a way to like take these pagan gods and figures from mythology and be like no that's not a real thing in fact we're going to incorporate it into a monster so it's just a way of kind of asserting like the dominance of christianity or like their defeat over paganism mm-hmm. which they carried on for centuries in a lot of different ways but that's why you see a lot of these this like hybrid Pagan deities morphed into these like monstrous, devilish, demonic figures. Yes. And then finally,
1: near the end of this sort of 14th century, 15th century period, um, moving into the 16th century, we have a, a mural cycle in San Brizio. Um, the Last Judgment cycle of Luca Signorelli, uh, which is super. Um, I don't this know. This is kind of horny. It's kind of horny. It's kind of like porno. This is super interesting. Absolutely, just a writhing group. Of bodies that are being tortured. The it's, use of color is right? fascinating. Yeah, it's very sadomasochistic. You see a lot of um, naked bodies writhing, and and sort of you've got these humans that are being juxtaposed with these demons that look human. So we're starting to see the emergence of a human devil. A devil or demons that Mm -hmm. are almost indistinguishable other than the horns and the wings from the humans that they are um, tormenting and on one panel there is a horned devil um, with red horns that is um, uh, speaking into the ear of the antichrist uh, who appears before the moment where christ comes down and and cast the sinners to hell and brings up the the righteous to Mm -hmm, heaven mm -hmm. so at this point when we're we're like at 1499 to 1504 is when these frescoes were completed we have seen the devil go from just straight up ogre monster in hell to a a human devil someone who looks very much like they could just be another human being um so it's a interesting trajectory bringing in lots of influences mm-hmm. so that is a little bit of a history of where this iconography of the devil comes from and where we sort of end up around the renaissance i feel
3: like the different depictions of the devil like as a demon or like as a human are just tapping into different fears exactly <laughs> like different fears in the human psyche exactly. like fear of the other or yes. fear of yeah. yourself or your neighbor exactly. or like what people are capable like it's just it's,
1: exactly it's almost as if the devil is a human creation to <laughs> get <almost>. people <laughs> afraid of what they don't understand it's almost like almost. that weird
0: almost huh. like let's take a break that. And think yeah about let's that take thought. a break let's ponder
1: on that so ponder and uh, enjoy these ads all right. So back to the dev.
3: <laughs> and some poetry. I love poetry.
2: Oh my god. Well some some poetry I love. You know. No. I don't
3: know if this is the exact poetry that you're thinking of, but <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's classic. So Dante Alighieri was a fourteenth century poet from Florence, and he wrote, famously, The Divine Comedy. You guys have probably heard of it in one facet or another, Mm. but it was an epic poem made up of three parts, the Inferno, the Purgatorio, and Paradiso, so basically hell, purgatory, heaven. And just a little background, um, the writing of The Divine Comedy really coincided and is linked to Dante's exile from Florence. Yeah. Yeah, so he was fighting to cal- to help keep Florence independent from papal control and he lost. So Pope Boniface the 8th
2: I can't read Roman numerals. 8th. Where, where is it? At the top. Yeah, that's 8.
3: Know <laughs> your shortcomings. Pope Boniface the 8th excommunicated him and he wasn't allowed in his home, which is a huge bummer. What? He's a sad boy. Can yeah.
1: I ask a question? Yeah. Sure. Why?
3: <laughs> because he was trying to keep Florence from being ruled by the pope. I see. So and it was- the pope was like, "Get out of here."
1: Yeah, they it were was all back- about exiling Yeah. Mm-hmm. all about it. Okay.
2: Which is uh, better than being killed, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'd
1: be f- like, yeah, I'll yeah. go
0: somewhere where I'm wanted, like, you
1: know. <laughs> Like, I, don't need to be I know where I'm not wanted <laughs> exactly exactly
3: <laughs> And out of this tragedy he wrote a massive poem that has more than 14,000 lines wow Yeah each part of the poem so each third is made up of 33 cantos which are basically just little chapters little poetry chapters And then there's a 34th in the Inferno, which we're going to talk about. Fun. Ooh, fun. And each canto has between 40 and 50 three-line tercets, which is a poetry word. Tercet. Ah, Tercet. Mm. Um, Tercet up. (laughs) 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 So... I think the way I'm going to do this cuz you guys can see the images that I'm going to be talking about in the doc. So I think I'm going to read Dante's description of the devil. Oh yeah. And then you guys can look at those first two. Yes. And then yes. we can talk about them a little bit.
2: Not William Blake. Uh no? yeah, that's one of it? them. Okay. Got mm-hmm. it. Okay, got it.
0: I love William Blake. He's got some weird ass art. I know. I'm just like so into it. There's that really good William Blake meme I found one time where it was, like, William Blake stands, like, a visionary. And then it was, like, William Blake poetry, like, Tiger, tiger, you are neat. Seeing you is a real big treat." <laughs> <laughs> I remember
3: that. <laughs> um. Okay, wait. So I guess I should explain, like, the premise of the Inferno. I didn't do that. Okay, so Dante is trying to get from he wakes up in the dark dark wood lost mm-hmm. like midway through his life that's how the book starts it's really dramatic basically, like we all are midway exactly. through our lives a metaphor it's a metaphor, it's a metaphor. <laughs> so he basically finds that he's he needs to go through hell and through purgatory to get all the way up to heaven to like be free of, of being lost yeah essentially so he needs to yeah. go on a quest
1: if you're going through
3: yeah. hell Keep going. <laughs> exactly. There's only one way out. Yes. Gotta
2: go you got to go in to get out. The
0: only way through it is through it. Whoa. <laughs> <Nice>. Mic
3: drop. <laughs>
2: um, so
3: Dante has his trusty escort, Virgil. So Virgil wrote the Aeneid, and he's here with Dante to help guide him through all of the levels to get from Inferno all the way to Paradiso. So this is the point in the story where they've gone through all the circles of hell. They've gotten to see everyone in hell and why they're there and all of these kind of awful, torturous situations. And now they've finally arrived to the base of hell where they find Satan. And here's how he describes him. O reader, do not ask me how I grew faint and frozen then. I cannot write it. All words would fall far short of what it was. I did not die and I was not alive. Think for yourself, if you have any wit, what I became deprived of life and death. The emperor of the despondent kingdom so towered from the ice up from mid chest that I match better with a giant's breath than giants match the measure of his arms. Now you can gauge the size of all of him, if it is in proportion to such parts. If he was once as handsome as now he is ugly, and despite that, raised his brows against his maker, one can understand how every sorrow has its source in him. I marveled when I saw that on his head he had three faces, one in front, blood red, and then another, two that just above the midpoint of each shoulder joined the first. And at the crown, all three were reattached. The right looked somewhat yellow, somewhat white. The left, in its appearance, was like those who came from where the Nile descending flows. Beneath each face of his, two wings spread out as broad as suited so immense a bird. I've never seen a ship with sails so wide. They had no feathers but were fashioned like a bat's, and he was agitating them so that three winds made their way out from him, and all quickness froze before those winds." He wept out of all six eyes and down three chins, tears gushed together with a bloody froth. Within each mouth, he used it like a grinder. With gnashing teeth, he tore to bits a sinner, so that he brought much pain to three at once. The forward sinner found that biting nothing when he matched against the clawing, for at times his back was stripped completely of its hide. That soul up there who has to suffer most, my master said, Judas Iscariot. Mm-hmm. So then it kind of goes through, like, the different sinners that he's chewing on. Dang.
2: Chewing on some sinners. Yeah. Chomping on Judas. Oh, you know, mm.
1: Judas is represented a bunch in these images of mm-hmm. the devil in hell. He's getting chomped. <laughs>
3: yeah. He's one of the, like, ultimate sinners because he represents betrayal of...
1: Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus <laughs> yeah.
3: Jesus. But betrayers of like your hosts or like those people, oh.
2: yeah. There's like
3: different levels of betrayal. Like you can betray your family. You yeah. Can ju- betray. I think your government or your country. Yeah. And then the like. I mean, people yeah, who he, are offering.
0: He'd be a betrayer of God, so I feel like yeah. that's like like yeah. also like a betrayer next of level friends
3: of fr- friendship. Yeah. yeah. Well, but Fuck Satan, that guy. Satan's yeah. technically the ultimate betrayer of God. Yeah. So that's he's, true. He's doing the chewing. So we have two different drawings of that Satan, or I guess Prince. One is a painting. Yeah, actually,
0: now that's kind of interesting because Judas was like the ultimate betrayer of Jesus. Jesus is, in the Christian tradition, God. Like, he's God's son, but he's also God. Yeah. So you would think that Satan... Would eh. be down with Jonas. You think they'd He'd be bros? Like, hey,
2: man, like be my second in command. Man, yeah. You
0: think they'd be one and like you think they'd be on the same level? But instead, no. he's chomping him. No, so, you know why? Yeah.
1: Because Tell Satan. <laughs> he never got over God. He never got over it. <laughs> oh my God! And he still loves him, <laughs> and serves him <gasps> in hell by chomping on his betrayer.
3: So you're kind of right. But the way that I read it interpreted it is like Satan never had his own, like Satan never had his own power. He was just fooled into thinking he had power because he had power through God. Mm. So when he, I mean, we'll get to it in a second, because I'm going to talk about a different poem that goes over all that. Mm-hmm. But the idea is like he
1: has been acting under God's will all along
3: and uh, you know
1: what i mean like right because god makes everything happen so he knew mm-hmm. that satan would be expelled from paradise mm-hmm. and Damn. he
3: use Whoa. he uses satan and all of the like expelled angels to his benefit because he's god he knows what's going to happen he he's has a crafty
1: yeah. fellow <laughs> <laughs> indeed <laughs> So
3: this painting by William Blake, is you can kind of see, he has like the three faces kind of in silhouette. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more kind of like ethereal and Mm -hmm. light than the one, the print that we have by Gustave Doré.
1: Oh my god, I love it. He, okay, Mm -hmm. Doré
3: is amazing. So he did every canto. He did like all three books illustrated. Wow. Yeah. In 1861, he did The Inferno, and then when that was super successful, Mm -hmm. because at this time in France, epic poetry was kind of in trend, Mm -hmm. and people were reading a lot of Dante. So when he did these illustrations for The Inferno, everyone loved it, and then he was able to get funding to do the next two Yeah parts of the poem
2: i, I love this ugh. so much this yeah. devil the devil looks like he's just at a nine to five fucking yeah. desk job he is for real he, he's tired <laughs> he's bored he just wants to clock out can't wait to like quit this fucking so, job totally. if, you,
1: if you look he is chomping on a sinner mm-hmm. and he's got some little <laughs> legs poking out of his hands here but he just looks so bored like yeah. he's just like oh
3: so he's <laughs> He's supposed real, to be Netflix. chewing on them, but you can see, so he's frozen in ice. And oh, part of the irony of the devil is that he's trapped in the ice because it's so cold down there, but he's fueling the cold by flapping his wings and keeping the ice frozen. So if he just stopped for a minute flapping yeah the ice would melt and he would be free but like he's too dumb to know that so he Whoa. just keeps flapping flapping keeping it cold keeping like the wind and oh, keeping right, himself I was gonna,
2: stuck you can see the the way that he made the is this is an engraving mm-hmm. it looks like a, the double wings where i was like what's happening back there but it's because he's he's flapping he's yeah flapping. so well. in
1: in dante's inferno Satan and hell, like, it's a cold place? The very center.
0: I see.
3: Yeah, so every different circle kind of has, like, a different thing. Some Mm -hmm. people are on fire. Some people are, like, buried alive. So So the whole, like,
0: when hell freezes over thing Mm. or, like, a cold day in hell, Mm -hmm. like, that's actually... It can be cold. Mm-hmm. It can be cold and I now. was gonna say it's
3: like any like it's when you get to those extremes of cold and heat, they start to kind of like merge. It's like that freaky phenomenon yes. when you get Oh hypothermia. Hypothermia and mm-hmm. you start taking your clothes yes. off because yeah. you think you're fevering. Like oh my yes. it's, it's like scary. Yeah. That's super Or scary. like when you get a really bad fever and you start shivering and mm-hmm. you like yep. you know, it's like mm-hmm. they're weirdly tied. So that is Dante's devil. And then we get to John Milton's poem, Paradise Lost. So another epic poem. And this one was written in 1667 and tells the story of Lucifer being banished from heaven. Mm -hmm. So it kind of it starts out with him being cast down and then it kind of like goes back through. And in this poem... Lucifer is a very distinctly human character. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, yeah. he's kind of an anti-hero. He's someone that you could almost identify with. And especially, I think, reading it now, we would identify more with Satan than back in the 17th century when this was written. Show, sure. But it's about Lucifer being banished and kind of how he comes back to corrupt Adam and Eve and then get them banished. Because in this telling, yes. he morphs into the snake that then sneaks into the garden Again, to go back to kind of the humanness, this all starts because Lucifer, who Jen had just said was the most beautiful angel, like the God's God's little, pet little man. Yeah, his little, his little guy. <laughs> And then the sun came around, <laughs> the son of God. Oh man! And Lucy started
0: to get real jealous. Yeah. That's yeah. just like when my my cousins had their kids, and Ash got really upset because the
2: dog, the yeah, dog. the dog
0: that's <laughs> oh. my best friend in the world. Did Ash tell you about this? Yeah, we've had many conversations. <laughs> oh, I love it. And she's really glad I'm in the house now because sure. she gets no. attention because the Her kids baby. take all, all the attention. But no. Like, she was always good with them, but, like, there was a weird, like, because she used to sleep on their bed, and then when they brought Isaac home, yeah. like, she, like, growled at Isaac once, and then oh, she couldn't no. be on the bed anymore, and it was just, like, a whole thing, and, yeah. Yeah, so that's just like Satan. Yeah. <laughs> just like Satan. It, exactly. The son, the son, and the, and the pet. The little. The little man. The little man. The little pet. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> So, yeah, Satan gets a little jealous. He tries to plan an uprising. It doesn't go well. He and the rebel angels get cast down to hell. And that's kind of like the whole poem is like Satan's plight. And, Mm -hmm. again, very illustratable. So, again, William Blake and Gustave Doré both did illustrations for Paradise Lost. Wow. I know. Fascinating. Wow. So the first one that I have by Gustave Gray mm. is called Then Satan First New Pain and Writhed Him To and Fro Oof. from 1866. So in these ones, he's still beautiful like when we we saw him in Dante's poem by that time he was described as as ugly as he had been beautiful so you know his beautiful angel wings had turned to bat wings he's become like a (gasps) a monster he's dumb now Mm, yeah um so things have gone bad but this is still back early on when he first messed up and had this angelic appearance so The passage that goes along with this one is, Then Satan first knew pain and writhed him to and fro, convolved, so sore the grinding sword with discontinuous wound, passed through him, but the eternal substance closed. Not long divisible from the gash, a stream of nectarous humor issuing flowed, Mm -hmm. sanguine such as celestial spirits may bleed. Hmm. So, I mean, he's kind of like going through this... I don't want to make up a Oh, oh de- yeah, 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 devolve, he, devolve. Yeah, so he's, he's devolving. devolving from an angel into what we start to come to know as the devil as mm-hmm. this ugly, brute creature. Okay, and then we get to William Blake and his drawings of Paradise Lost or paintings, and they were commissioned by a patron Thomas Butts.
0: Butts, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Butts. But.
3: <laughs> So there's a there's a series of watercolors and Butts was like one of Blake's like biggest patrons. So mm-hmm. their buddies, mm-hmm. I think he had him do other series as well. And this is depicting Satan arousing the rebel angels. So getting them all riled up. He's kind of like standing. You can see him. He's got gen arms. Up in there, Has some shit arms, <laughs> and it's very Dang, like. Dang! Look at that ripped, yeah, devil. It's a, it's like a very uh, Michelangelo esque body. Yeah, like, totally, he has big an eight and muscle pack,
2: an yeah. eight pack, and a, a small penis. Small <laughs> penis. It's <laughs> hey,
1: you know, he's just a he's a grower, not a shower. It's fine. I mean, that's like the ideal body, you know. Yeah, like, no, that for, that's the jam for a lot of a lot of people. You know,
2: throughout a- history,
1: <laughs> it's about um, the m- the motion in the ocean. Oh, <laughs> oh no! God, I remember? Damn it! That one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh
1: no! Oh goodness!
3: <laughs> that might be a good transition into sexy
1: Satan. I mean, this is a sexy yeah. Satan. So, I mean, we keep calling him Satan and Lucifer. Um In the and- dev, in the dev. I mean, they're all Lucifer is how. He is known before he's expelled. Yeah, mm-hmm. when he's an angel,
3: he's Lucifer. And then we were talking about it earlier. It, it's so like nuanced, but Beelzebub in Paradise mm-hmm. Lost mm-hmm. is another angel. Yeah, Beelzebub oh. is yeah is a separate. Interesting. So he's like One a, of a demon. The lesser Got it. demons. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's yes. like Satan, uh, Satan's right hand man.
1: Yeah. In hell, um, he has a legion of of demons that he can delegate to.
0: Yeah, there's definitely been a lot of
1: just conflation of like the different. There's a lot of things. Yes, demons, demons, mm-hmm. demons.
0: There's a lot of demons out there. Well, demons. I think it's
3: because people are generally talking about it from a place of fear, not like yeah, trying to trying get to- it factually
1: correct. Yeah, trying so, to understand it. Yeah, I'm just
0: like, I was really scared of it. It's all the devil creature. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> It's all. Um, it's all the devil exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, so we've got Blake really gives us a super sexy Satan. And that brings <laughs> us on to the subject of the fact. Should we that sorry,
3: should we take a break really quick before
1: we're kind of did my very good segue. <laughs> Please. Sorry. Seg-
3: segue. We're
0: gonna take a break. <laughs> Jen's upset All right now. So we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna come back and talk about sexy Satan. The devil. We're talking about the devil. Devil.
1: Yes. We're talking about the devil. And we just left off on discussing some different representations of the devil in some pretty well-known poetry, Dante's Inferno in Milton's Paradise Lost. And so one thing that we have discerned at this point in time is that the devil was hot. And there have been (laughs) a lot of representations of a sexy ass devil throughout art history. So we talked about Blake's devil here shown full frontal balls out nude summoning these other angels getting everyone all worked up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and uh, he's got, got some very David vibes. Oh yes. yeah, very
1: yes.
2: David oh,
1: vibes. Oh yeah, he's got the contraposto, mm-hmm. the long toes, that that
2: long, long that toes. long
1: Renaissance toes. <laughs> I like a long toe. Okay. I'm into a long- hey,
0: baby. I love
1: your long toes. <laughs> Corey's got like five knuckles on that toe. Um, <sighs> there's a lot of. I got finger toes. She's got finger toes. I my mean, I- worst nightmare. I have like half that. I've got like no toes. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> like, Jen is, is without toes. I just have like these flippers <laughs> at the end of my feet. Great swimmer, though. Oh man. Well, anyway. Um. So, sexy devil. It's pretty funny that we are so horrified of the devil, yet tend to represent him in art history as a pretty smoking hot piece of meat. It's almost like we vilify sexuality. Oh, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't do that. <laughs> Excuse <You> mean- me? <laughs> and I feel like this has been making the rounds on social media, but it's just so funny to me. Someone posted something on Twitter a couple years ago now, but you know, I just saw it not that long ago, so it's new to me. There <laughs> Which you is go. A post that someone shared that says, I think that my favorite thing to happen in art history is when a guy made a Lucifer statue that was too hot for church, so they commissioned his brother, who made an even hotter one. Truly. Yeah, actually, though. And this is a really funny moment in art history. We're in um, the 1840s, it's like romanticism slash neoclassicism, where. That oh, is a hot statue. Oh, I know. Girl. That second one with oh, the arm dude. up. Oh. So that's the picture that like
0: all dudes
3: do at the gym.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every guy. So in 1837, one Guillaume. Guillaume? 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 Gu- 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 Where is it?
2: Um. No, I, I don't speak Belgian. So. <laughs> uh It's,
0: it's with Gil- a G. It, it's
2: Gilliam.
1: Gilliam Oh, Geefs,
0: I uh, I dated someone with the last name Gilliam.
1: Oh, hey. Okay. <laughs> I was like, so Geefs oh. was put in charge of designing an elaborate pulpit for St. Paul's, and the theme was supposed to be the triumph of religion over the genius of evil. Whoa! Right. I <laughs> and like the genius of evil—that's uh, those are yeah. big words, right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Um. So it was supposed to be. Um, sort of co- like realism coupled with a neoclassical restraint, um, also tending towards like romantic heroism, um, all this stuff happening around the same time. And what came out of this was um, that his brother, Joseph Geefs, um, he created a statue. The statue was called the Angel of Evil. It depicts Lucifer as an angel. So he's been cast down at this point. So you see that his beautiful angel wings have turned into bat wings. And they're still so beautiful. Wings. I mean, he's still so beautiful. <laughs> no, bad rap. He is seated. Bad rap. Um, mostly nude. Oh, my God. Excuse you? Uh, mostly nude with a very uh, thin sort of cloth covering his uh, mm-hmm. nether regions mm-hmm. and his legs are kind of open which <gasps> leaves the mind uh, to <laughs> formulate its own Shorty, what uh, that thing do. sort of yeah whoa yeah <laughs> <laughs> So you kind of like, you're like, can I see in there? It's, um, it's hard like- <laughs> to, to, this is a very controversial statue to put. We're talking, we're almost on the realm of uh, Bernini's ecstasy of St. Teresa. Ooh it's boy. a sexy statue. Yeah. Uh, sexy. At his feet is a coiling serpent. So the conflation of the devil with the serpent in the, the garden of Eden uh, with Adam and Eve, the devil here or lucifer or the angel of evil whatever you want to call him he looks sort of youthful he's beautiful and he looks kind of defiant like he looks mostly just kind of pissed yeah Mm -hmm. you know you can tell he's kind of upset this is after he's been expelled and he's bummed out and um so you're getting a lot of emotion in the face When it was exhibited in 1843, many people felt that it was way too controversial. They thought that it was just too sexy. They were afraid that this particular Lucifer was too too sexy, too languid. Like he just was too good looking. It was way too controversial that his legs were kind of open they said that it was distracting and that he had a distracting the lord an unhealthy beauty so unhealthy beauty unhealthy beauty an interesting pretty much everyone saw this and popped a <laughs> bone and said oh no 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 no! no. we can't have yeah, this in a cathedral good <laughs> no
3: i mean he's the most beautiful angel what are you gonna do right. yeah right and so, neoclassicism like come on i oh, know what do you expect they literally couldn't have created anything else
1: well, um, so he was just too sexy, and they decided that they needed um, to get a too different... Too sexy for the church. Too, too sexy for, for the, the church. church. Too sexy for my church. <laughs> <laughs> so sexy, it hurts. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah. Um, And so pretty much they decided, we're going to go with a different commission. So what did they do? they commissioned pretty much a very similar statue from his brother, Gwil... Gwy- God damn it. Gwil... Gwilam? 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 eh? Gilliam. Uh, Gilliam! Oh. <laughs> damn it. God damn it. Um, they commissioned a different <laughs> Lucifer statue by his brother, Gilliam. And Gilliam delivered a
2: insanely
1: sexier statue. (laughs) The statue is
0: so fucking hot. (laughs) It's hot.
1: So in the original one, you just have a Lucifer that's looking kind of downtrodden and he's sort of upset. You know, he's got this very serious face in the, um, second version, we've got a <laughs> Lucifer that's got his arm up, <laughs> so you're seeing all of the. Do you muscle? think that was like the invention of that pose? Yeah, that pose this <laughs> yeah, is man. like the first, report. right? Like he's got his arm up, he's on his starting man, and he has like 18 abs, and you see like every single sinew of muscle, and, and
0: like the chain is like on, his and foot. he's in bondage, yeah,
1: like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, down at his feet. His um, hair, his hair. Like shit. He's got. He has like these pointed talons on his toes, and his hair's all twisted around. And he even has horns. He does. He's got little horns. Little horns. Oh, out? there they I are. I see him. I see him. Hmm. Oh, damn. Down by his feet, just he's poking seen, out
0: through his like beautiful, yeah, locks, beautifully clothed with his hair. hair. Wow.
1: So at the angel's feet. Um, you see the dropped forbidden fruit Mm -hmm. so there's an apple with bite marks and there's also a broken off tip of a scepter it was the scepter that Lucifer wielded when he was Lucifer morning star And he has these chains around his feet. Um, The only thing about this statue that maybe was considered less (laughs) sexual is the fact that he He has more, more, there's more drapery (laughs) around his goods. But even Um, that drapery is like sexy. Right? right, And his legs, his his knees are like closed. His knees are beautiful. So he's closed the knees, but then the knees are beautiful. And honestly, it just makes you want to spread those knees open. <laughs> and it really does <laughs> so i don't know what they were thinking when they took away the other statue and installed this one in 1848 and it's, said that one's fine it's one of the hottest statues it's like so I've hot i've ever seen <laughs> like um, it's so sexy people are really horny over this statue and it is just one in a tradition of depictions of Lucifer where he is looking so hot. It's ridiculous. Um, Another favorite (laughs) of mine. I mean,
0: how are we supposed to deny his powers when he's
1: that hot? Is this the (laughs) devil at work right now? That we're all horny over a statue? I think that it is. Oh my God, we invoked the devil. Uh, We did it. And another favorite is The Fallen Angel from around the same time, 1847. The 1840s were really a good time Mm -hmm. for sexy Lucifer paintings and and statues. Alexander Cabanel gives us The Fallen Angel. I just want to take a bite out of that (laughs) thigh.
0: Yeah, that thigh is beautiful. It is
1: sumptuous. That is a beautiful man thigh. (laughs) And I love this Lucifer because if you look back at Gilliam Geef's um, <laughs> Lucifer, um, if you take a, a close look at his eyes, there's tears coming I down. I that. Um, so he's got tears coming out of his yeah. eyes because he's so tortured. And then looking mm. at Alexander Cabanel's fallen angel, um, Lucifer... Has angry tears streaming down his
2: face, and I don't know. Aww. That just makes him sexy. I know. Yeah. I'll save you, baby. Yeah, um, I love his just the intensity of his facial yeah. expressions too, because all you get to see are his eyes. Yeah, the, yeah. There's the facial, so much conveyed in just that alone. The
0: facial expressions are also sexy. Like the mm-hmm. whole thing just oozes sex. Sex, man. It really does. <laughs>
1: sex. <laughs> With the devil, Satan. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I gotta go take Jesus a shower. Jesus ain't here. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus has left the building. Oh
2: my god, <laughs> this just a sexy so bad. Satan
1: left behind. <laughs> oh geez. Just god, Whew. oh <laughs> man. <laughs> Oh man! Oh
0: man! Oh, oh man! No.
1: Oh no! I, yeah. <laughs> so
0: I mean, I'm like, should I? I don't know. Like, should I talk about Jesus being sexy? I don't think that's a no, god, no, dude. <laughs> let's not
1: do that. Let's not go that direction. I don't think that's good. No, 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 no. Oh, oh man! All right. Okay. Well, I think I need to stop talking about <laughs> sexy Satan because um, I've worked myself up. Yeah, over and here. I mean to be fair, it's not your
0: fault that these artists chose to depict satan in a way that is objectively hot like I, do that. I, I mean
3: like the whole like milton illustrations around that time and all that stuff maybe it was just like paradise lost came out people read about satan in this like way that they could relate to they mm-hmm. had like a satan character like a fully developed satan character because he's kind of the main character in the whole book and so it's like people were probably into it
0: yeah, no, totally. And they wanted
3: to depict that visually. This beautiful man mm-hmm. who's a bad boy fell from grace. Yeah, to... and then,
0: yeah, exactly. You also have the connection to how people feel bad about sexuality, theirs and otherwise. And, like, it It makes sense to align this anti you know, Christ like figure with part of human nature that is complicated and often mm-hmm. lumped in that yep you know yep world so yeah it makes sense it makes sense that he'd be sexy i also jen you were talking earlier about how like jesus had the sheep and yes. and satan had the goats and i thought Like that's another prime example because obviously whenever anyone wants to take a shot at someone for just like kind of following the pack and like not thinking for themselves, you call them sheep. Right. (laughs) But the goat figure is kind of the figure of thinking for yourself Mm -hmm, and being mm -hmm. independent. So you have this bigger theme of being like an individual and like that aligns with the devil and images of the devil so yeah exactly like wanting to represent him in this very sexy way that humans were going to respond to in that way because it's objectively hot like (laughs) it you're you're pulling on those same ideas Ideas of humanism like all these Mm -hmm, things that are going on
3: people are starting to look in a different direction for their answers yeah and yeah compelling figure
0: Right, right that's a
3: compelling figure <laughs> that thigh
0: <Whew. laughs> I mean we're all talking about the thigh the calves pretty nice too oh you. yeah the calves are nice yeah. I love man the legs face. something about man legs let's go watch yeah. a soccer game <laughs>
2: Soccer boys are are it. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. For soccer real. Men. Boys soccer men. Soccer. Weird, <laughs> no, <of> <laughs> not boys.
1: Not boys. Men, soccer Sorry, men, no. men. Soccer men. men. men, men, men.
2: Um, let's
0: take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about the contemporary satanic temple. I am stoked. Boom. Y'all. Yeah. We back, we back, we back. And we've been talking about... Satan.
1: Satan. I took a cold shower. Uh, <laughs> so I'm ready to dive back in. Things were
0: getting <laughs> heated there for a minute. I was
1: having some feelings.
0: I know. I, I, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> so, what I wanted to talk about a little bit is the modern day contemporary Satanic Temple, which is an organization in the United States. And there's a fantastic documentary that just came out on Hulu all about them called Hail Satan. Question mark. Mm. Yeah and it's so good and after watching it I was just like this is so good but I feel like the people who need to watch it are never gonna watch it. No. Like, which is like a mm-hmm. t- yeah. super bummer because you know you you might know about the Satanic Temple you might not but there, it's a hugely misunderstood organization in just about every way. They are entirely non-theistic. In fact it's part of their belief systems that you kind of have to be an atheist mm-hmm. um, which is like if it wasn't for that, like, I'd want to be a Satanist because everything else about what they do, I'm so on board with. Mm-hmm. But they're they're non-theistic and they're really, more than anything, they're a political activist group, more so than a uh, religious belief system. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they have used the image of Satan to promote issues, political issues, such as separation of church and state is a huge one, just like egalitarianism, personal liberties. They're basically using this imagery and have have adopted it into their particular like belief system, political belief system, as a way of kind of calling out hypocrisy in the church and approaching issues with separation of church and state because the United States is obviously supposed to be a free religious country. You're supposed, it's supposed to be, you know, all faiths welcome kind of situation. However, as we know, Christian doctrine does dictate a lot of what goes on in the United States politically, which is not in line with what the United States was founded mm-hmm. on. So it was founded by Lucian Greaves and Malcolm Jerry. And- Lucian. Lucian. Yeah, that's definitely like a... I love that name. Yeah, he adopted that to, uh, <laughs> to uh, connect to the Dark Lord for sure. And really, they see Satan as, as an abstraction, as connected to a lot of the ideas we just discussed in this episode he represents independent thought he represents like you know this kind of personal independence Mm -hmm. he he is representative of those things so it's basically a group of essentially atheists that kind of take it to a new level by adopting actual imagery and like kind of creating a belief system around their form of atheism which is really Interesting and fascinating because atheism, I think, is hard for people to to connect with sometimes because it is such, like, this big, bla- like, blanket right. idea.
1: Yeah, that and there's also a, like, obnoxious following of uh, yeah. people who self-identify as atheists and are also just insufferably annoying. Yeah. So, you know, that makes it a bit difficult to rally behind anything um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. under like a non-secular lens. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: And what's amazing about this group is, is they're out there doing work and like fighting the good fight. They've done so much social work and political work and that's basically what they are. They're like an activist group that's like seeking. You can also read them. There's an element of like, Kind of being trolls that's going on here, but like. In my opinion, not in an annoying way. It's in a way that's trying to bring light to hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. And that I think is incredibly valuable. Like they're not being trolls for the sake of being trolls. Like there is a much bigger idea surrounding Mm -hmm. their doctrine and their ideas.
1: Well, and also it's really important to defend the separation of church and state. Right. Because we have seen that this is more of just, I don't know, an idea that is not taken as doctrine in the United States. Most of the big issues that we're fighting as far as you know, abortion or how mm-hmm. we don't have stem cell research or all of these things are because ultimately, as much as the founding fathers advocated for a separation of church and state, we don't. Yeah. And this is still a white christian country mm-hmm. for sure so
3: it's become more so yeah in the
1: last three years absolutely
0: yeah and the issue with that is there's nothing wrong with uh being a christian and practicing christianity in the united states but the idea that that is supposed to be the norm and that we mm-hmm. are all supposed to fall in line with that is not cool No, because that is not the country we live in you're yeah. allowed to practice whatever religious belief you want or don't want to mm-hmm. to practice and if you are, you know, a devout Christian, great, then live your life according to those principles and that's supposed to be the beauty of this country is that you can do that and no one's going to get in your way. But we are in a, a space where um, there are a lot of politicians that lean that way and and their religious beliefs shape how they shape laws and shape policy and it is very it's just unfair it's 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 really like it's a very limited view of what this country represents and in the people and the belief systems that exist in this country yeah and the satanic temple basically That's the the ethos they're working with is they they take Satan as this abstraction that basically stands for rationality, skepticism, speaking truth to power, even at great personal cost, which Mm -hmm. is literally the character of mm-hmm. Gilfoyle in
3: yeah. Silicon Valley and <laughs> exactly. I like so much they nailed it I mean that is the essence of his
0: character <laughs> yeah and
3: they don't like he's a Satanist and it's it comes up he has the tattoo on his arm it's like always there but they don't go too deep into it so this is kind of a cool layer to learn about that show because that is everything he represents exactly. to the other characters within the business even though they don't like lay out what Satanism is mm-hmm. it's very clever writing Right?
0: Yeah. And so this documentary, they interview a lot of the members of the Satanic Temple, including Lucian Greaves, and um, he's a big, big presence in the documentary and they go back and they trace back to the satanic panic of the 80s mm-hmm. and it's really interesting because a lot of these people that are part of the satanic temple or founded the satanic temple including lucian greaves talk about how they were that counterculture that was being right. attacked like as a young boy yeah he was you know he was a young like teenager i think in the 80s or something like that who was in to that like darker counterculture that people were attacking as like part of the satanic panic Mm -hmm. and it's really it was just a counterculture it was just a group of people that expressed themselves differently right and they were attacked for it so it's almost like the satanic temple the contemporary incarnation of it stems directly from the satanic panic of the 80s like because a lot of those members were part of that and so they took that iconography that mm-hmm. imagery mm-hmm. that language that visual language because yep. they saw how it affects people how it gets people worked up like they saw how people you know feel about satan and so they take this imagery to serve a much bigger political purpose yes. and m- so many people do not take the time to understand that i know <laughs> and it's yeah. a really really a shame you know you don't have to agree with what they're doing you don't have to be a member of the satanic temple but to blatantly not know what they're doing or like not understand actually what their message is is like it just it just further speaks to the hypocrisy and Mm -hmm. the issues with you know we're supposed to be a country that allows for religious freedom of all kinds And the reaction to the satanic temple, I think, proves what an issue that is currently. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, in a country where Christianity reigns supreme, people don't even need to take the time to go research or learn anything about it. They hear the name Satan and they think they know everything they need to know. to know. And the irony is, even though it's a very clever name, it's very easy to then just flip that Mm -hmm. and have people believe that it's something inherently evil. You don't even have to work for it. Like sheep Mm -hmm. (laughs) will
0: see it as... And that's what is so so kind of like revolutionary uh, about what they're doing because they're fully aware of that. Yes. They're fully aware of the effect, like the reactions they're getting and why they get them. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, like the approach to what they're doing is, is very intelligent. And, you know, this documentary is amazing because it just naturally highlights the hypocrisy right. that goes on in this kind of situation. Right. Um, for example... So one of the big, they've done, they have really done so much good work, so much political work, but we're going to focus on one issue because it involves an actual piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. And this was, so one way in which they decided to directly affect change and take legal action was they wanted to erect a satanic statue of Baphomet on public municipal lands and they wanted to do this that first happened at uh the oklahoma state capitol Hmm. and they wanted to do this because there is a statue of the ten commandments on the oklahoma state capitol so they were like okay you have a statue of the ten commandments which is a very specific belief system we want our belief system represented and so the group funded the creation of the statue through an indiegogo campaign Hmm. and the statue is it's fantastic it's it's a image of Baphomet uh, created by Mark Porter and it's based on a drawing by Eliaphas Levi and it is a bronze sculpture depicting Baphomet a goat-headed angel-winged creature the statue is eight and a half feet tall Um, there's a pentagram directly behind his head and the real clincher the real thing that Upsets people is that there are two small children uh, looking up at Baphomet in in sort of admiration, yeah. and that he, that makes people mad. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're
2: like not the kids. <laughs> and he's doing that. I forget the name of it, but it's that hand gesture that Christ makes in a lot of art, where it's mm-hmm. two fingers up, where that's saying like you know I have something to say. I'm a messenger of God, and so it's like a very Christ like pose. Yes, and they're 100% with this, like, look at this thing. They are
0: totally leaning into this idea of uh, Satan the devil as a Christ like figure even though that's not what they practice necessarily but they're exactly they're co-opting Christian imagery even to try and highlight like you see the problem here Yeah. like and then um, so what happened in Oklahoma is they petitioned to have it installed at the Oklahoma State Capitol which made a lot of people angry they were Mm -hmm. like we're not going to this on our state capitol they were not happy about that but what ended up happening in the end is it didn't go up but the capital took down the statue of the ten commandments and that's all they wanted yeah and then they were they withdrew mm-hmm. their their petition because they just wanted an equal representation right. and it's a yeah it's a place of government Mm -hmm. and there's no like if we truly are a country that believes in separation of church and state there's no space for a christian icon on that space or any other religion if you're gonna put one religion you better put Mm -hmm. all of them Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and that was the underlying idea so you know just kind of some like badass rebellion basically is what they're is what they're here for. And there's, a lot of other interesting stories, so I would definitely recommend watching that documentary, Hail Satan, because it goes super in-depth about some other things they've been involved in, but also the statue of Baphomet um, might actually (laughs) be familiar to you if you have watched The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix, because a statue very, very similar stands in the main hall of the Academy of the Dark Arts, and this is actually a uh, controversy and um, the satanic temple uh, sued Netflix and they made a they made a chunk of money off of it like Netflix didn't have rights to that artwork and they made some money and then now they're the satanic temple is given credits in Sabrina (laughs) for that artwork that they created oh
2: man what a it's pretty good what
0: a world we live in. <laughs> so many layered things. Um, yeah. So I guess ultimately, like however you feel about the Satanic Temple, like you can feel however you want. But I just feel like it's important for people to understand what they actually are. Yes, sure. Before, ha- you know. casting some kind of judgment upon (laughs) upon them (laughs) yeah good rule of thumb for like any for life yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. especially if you're like
3: especially vocal and like passionate Mm -hmm. you know do your research right like find out what you're yelling about before you start yelling yeah exactly Um,
0: and yeah they're they're an interesting organization they really are And, and yeah, and it's also the documentary is really interesting because they kind of also point to like any religious organization, they end up getting kind of trapped in some of their own dogmatic issues, sure, which is really interesting because, you know, they're also fighting against that. But yeah, it's, it's a great documentary and I think a very interesting organization and man, the fucking devil.
2: The dev, there's so many layers. The dev...
1: We release the <laughs> oh Satan! Thank you for getting us. Get out of our room with your <laughs> presence during this episode. But you can leave now.
0: Get out of here, Satan! Stop <laughs> turning us
1: on. It's weird. <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird.
0: It's just getting. It's getting weird. Um, <laughs> any last words before I do a listener mail? Um, Hail Satan! <laughs> Devil went down to Georgia? Question mark? Mm. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! <laughs> yeah, I mean we'd we'd love to know your guys' thoughts on the imagery surrounding Satan. Um The Dev. The Dev. Our our boy the Dev. But yeah. Spooky, spooky, spooky time. Yeah. Yep. I think we're also going to construct a uh devil inspired playlist after we finish. We sure this episode. Are. There's so
2: much material to draw from.
0: Yeah, so hit hit our Spotify. We got those
1: uh art inspired playlists for ya. It's pretty much my entire Spotify is just it's all this. So I'll just pick a song <laughs> or two. <to> send <laughs> over to you.
0: All right. So, listener mail, this comes to us from amy and the the subject is response to the xl episode colon shaquille o'neal
1: oh <laughs> oh, shit. oh no we left him out
0: <laughs> all right hi art history babes i've been listening to your podcast for almost a year now i've always wanted to write in but wasn't sure what to write until today i listened to the xl art podcast today and have a cool fact i thought you'd like to know we do we do want to I know. love cool facts I'm a huge fan of Shaquille O'Neal, obviously. (laughs) Like, Shaq, come on. Plus, I've had a huge crush on him since I learned that he curated an art exhibition called Size Does Matter. No, he did not. For the Flag Art Foundation in Manhattan. No, he did that. He did.
1: I love that. I'm going to look it up right now.
0: I live in Chicago. Me too. Let's meet up. And got to see part of the exhibit at the Chicago Art Expo that happens in the fall every year. Um, Yeah, Corey, I know you just moved to Chicago. The Expo is definitely a must-see. The show featured... From Ron Muick. So I was excited to hear Jen describe how unsettling his giant baby hyper realism sculpture made you feel in person. Mm -hmm. I thought this quote from a New York Daily News article was so cute, I wanted to share. Another artwork I picked is this incredible big man sculpture by Ron Muick. I immediately said that we had to have it just because it seemed so unbelievable. It would even make me look small. Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. Right. And then a little asterisk, crying. It's so cute. It is, though. <laughs> um, and then there's a link to the article. And then, P.S., also, i just like to say thank you so much for your podcast. I'm an art nerd who got my BFA in photography at Northern Illinois University. I took a lot of art history classes on my adventure, changing my major three times from art education, art history, and then staying with my true love photography. During the week, I'm working as a cleaner for an eco-friendly company that employs a lot of artists. This podcast keeps me entertained while dusting around Alexander Calder sculptures, tiny Jeff Koons piggy banks, Ansel mm. a- Adams prints, and Miro paintings in people's kitchens. Mm-hmm. Thank you for helping me feel like I'm not w- wasting my time in entropy after graduating. Still looking for a more creative job, but going to gallery openings on the weekends until I find an art job that has health insurance. <laughs> Ooh, uh, good luck. Huh, yeah. Three. Yeah, we're sending good vibes your way because that is an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just love this. I love the, uh, yeah, I fucking love
1: Shaq. Like this is such a great, this a great, so great connection. I'm looking here at this art exhibition and some of the featured artists, Chuck Close, Anselm mm. Kiefer. Yes. Jeff Koons. I, I mean, all of those are big. Those They do big artwork. Oh, man. So cool. Cindy Sherman. Wow. I I feel like I learned something new about Shaquille O'Neal today. Yeah. And I'm really happy when I learned something new about Shaquille O'Neal. And if Same. you're
3: listening to this Same. episode and you don't adore Shaquille O'Neal, just go do a little more research.
1: He's because so cute. he's precious. I hope that he's nothing comes great. out that would make me upset with Shaquille yeah, and Neil, so I know. it's like Shaq that, if you're listening please. Please, you no. you better not. <laughs> you better have not. You better not have. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm Shaq I love
3: Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> <laughs> Is
2: that your Shaq impression? On oh, Shaq. Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> good. Thanks.
0: Anyway. Lots, of, lots of love for Shaq here at the Art History, babes. Good lord.
2: Oh, uh, but thanks
0: for hanging out with us in our spooky season content. Thank you yes.
1: so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this deep dive into our dark lord and master, <laughs> Satan. <laughs> oh, oh man. Satan. He <laughs> Goodbye. <coughs> Goodbye. Loose
0: <laughs> for me. Not yet. Exactly. Bye, y'all. Bye. Uh, happy Halloween.
1: Um, I- St Paul's Cathedral in Liège. I believe this is uh Belgium. Belgium. Wait. Where is it? Where's Liège? <laughs> nope. Where? In Belgium. So, in St. Paul's Cathedral in Belgium they had a sort of a not a contest but they can I just start over I'm fucking this up